Yeah, what you are about to hear is a work of fan fiction. All characters and events and settings, even those based on the ones from World of Warcraft, are entirely fictional, and half of it was probably made up on the spot. Listening to this production indicates your consent to its terms of service, which we forgot to write down. The battle for Zolgarub has reached its exciting climax, and our heroes stand at the top of the Gurubashi capital city, ready to do battle with Jindo the Revived. Butch, Ari, and Falkus have their work cut out for them today because they're up against a blood cleric in the seat of his power. Let's see if they can make things go their way. It's time to queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. So last time, you guys, you know, the, the battle plan was in place, and you snuck everybody in through the back door, and the fight was on, and the Zeppelin flies in and drops all the guys, and the orcs come running in behind the trolls, and everyone's like bottlenecked into the entrance area, and the, the things are going according to plan. And you got stopped uh, on the bridge that leads to the ziggurat, where you know the, the end boss is standing at the top of the thing, swirling all the powers and whatnots had that combat and dealt with the blood witch who was there causing some trouble really just ruined her day because you were like all right well let's just fire on all cannons and just blew her to smithereens um did similar to arcot just knocked him unconscious though when uh he was uh healed and brought back to consciousness he was very clearly himself again and you and your horde friendly rival party they, they, they like walk like this middle line where they're definitely your allies but also they took a bunch of your quests earlier so you know they were like all right well downstairs from here uh in the in the underbelly of the ziggurat is where the vampire is doing some stuff so we'll go head down there and deal with that and you guys made the choice that you were going to go up to the top to deal with jindo while all this was happening so as you reached the top you know, Jindo is up there. He's waving his staff in the air. He's swirling all this red magic necrotic power that's like hovering over the city that has been gathered recently, like within the last day, because you scattered it all yesterday, right? Um, as the fighting is happening around you uh, to your to the north of where you are across the bridge, the Gurubashi resistance fighters led by Job. Uh, and the Booty Bay Bruisers and the Booty Bay Loose Cannons, they're all up there fighting trolls. To the south, you've got the Biclops and his ogres that are sort of holding the path on that side, blocking them from, like, attacking you from behind. And then in the distance, you can see uh, near the entrance is the orcs and then the trolls, like, bottlenecked into the entrance, and then you can't see them, you don't have a line of sight on them, but you know that outside the entrance are all the Venture Company goblins, and they're doing this sort of pincer move, keeping the majority of the trolls sort of locked in that space. All of this violence is actually feeding into what Jindo is doing up here, so 
you look up and you can see like strands of energy coming from the fight every once in a while when someone drops their essence is pulled into this and it's it's growing in power and he has this he has his staff with that big glowing like red crystalline structure thing on the top of it and he's swinging it overhead and um as he uh as you approach the fight you're like on your way to him you like you you haven't arrived yet um but on your way up you have like a couple actions worth of economy that if you have to do anything to prep in the meantime if you're going to like what like if there's anything that we're going to do before initiative now would be the time to do it is there anything else that you guys want to do before we start this no i don't think so cuz the only thing i have like you mentioned um potentially doing the flame bloom oil or anything like that but it only lasts a minute and I think I want to hold off on using that to closer to the end of the fight uh alright it lasts well it lasts a minute um or until like you can only put it on four pieces of ammunition so it's 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 four weapon strikes or four ammo shots or one minute like whichever of those comes first but yeah if you want to hold off on that no problem if we are if we're ready to rock, are, are, are well, we uh, rocking okay. and rolling? Uh, well, first of all, there's something I forgot to do last time. Yeah, what's up? And as as we walk over the body of the blood witch that's blown to smithereens, and, and thank you for taking that kill. There's just kill steel, Falcus. Um, I uh, spit on the corpse of the blood witch. Remember, the blood witch is the one who did the... Um, I, I keep calling it a mana bomb. That's not what it is, but you know, effectively a mana bomb that that killed um, all all those mostly goblins at once, and um, uh, and I and I feel uh, some some guilt towards that. But anyway, I thought that was really important to note that I desecrated the blood witch's body. I have an extra potion of healing, so I'm going to hold it out to Butch and Falcus just in case you guys want it. You can use it now or for the fight. I don't know where you guys are at on those. I'd like to take it, actually, and take it now. Okay, awesome. Yeah, go ahead and roll that. What kind of potion healing is it? It's 2d4 plus 2, so just a regular. I'm at 72 out of 85. I I think I'm okay. Because, I mean, that's only... I could only... Seven. Seven is exactly average for 2d4 plus two. It is. Good for you. That's exactly what Falcus just rolled. I mean, do you have, like, them on hand? Like... I had two, so now I'm just down to one. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. I was the only person who took a big enough hit and had some healing, and this has now put me more in par with, like, what what Butch is looking like right now, too. Okay. Percentage-wise. I feel it in my stomach, guys. Oh, you're about to feel it in your heart. <laughs> I'm going to reread the last paragraph of um, of uh, uh, description uh, that I read at the end of the last recording just to get everybody back into the flavor. Mm-hmm. Before you stands an undead troll in a fine headdress and ornate priest's regalia. He's gaunt. His pale skin is stretched tight over the bones of his arms and face. The wooden staff he holds is simple, except 
for the bright red glowing crystalline object at its top that sheds a grotesque light. You feel an ache in your chests as your heart strains to pump, as your blood starts to flow into your own veins and arter as the blood excuse me, as your blood starts to slow in your own veins and arteries for being so close to a being this perverted in their unlife. He says to you in a rasping and breathless voice, Maybe this is for the best. The pittance we took from the pirate town was barely enough to start the ritual after you ruined it. But you, you are strong. You are all worthy sacrifices to Hakar. You will be enough for me to take what is mine. You stand before Jindo the Revived. Roll for initiative. Yes! Oh, I rolled good. Ah. <laughs> Dang it, so did I, so did Falcus, but you still rolled better. Uh, Falcus actually has to take the lower of the two rolls because of exhaustion. exhaustion. I can't believe it's been like six months of you having exhaustion. <laughs> All right. I just uh, have to so- say, sorry, mm-hmm. I just have to say that um, Casey has been adding to our, our roll a round counter. And I think that is just brilliant. I love it because it's it's he he marked it as one hundred and one, and so it's always at the top. And then he's been kicking it up one each time it comes around. I think it's I, that's super neat. That's almost right. Roll twenty lets you like I can set it to increase by one or increase by two or increase by a certain number each round. Super so, cool. I did it. I started it at 101, so it's always at the top of the list because you guys are never going to roll initiative that high. And then every round, it'll automatically increase. It's it's rad. And it's definitely going to help me keep track of what I got to keep track of. Okay. You are at the the center of the confluence of corruptive blood magic in Zul'Garub. Up until now, anytime that you've been in the city and you've rolled like a natural 20 or something like that, I have allowed you to have the option of getting some extra hits or getting some whatevers. Uh, That rule is going to be changing for the purposes of this fight because you are in the center. You're in the the nexus of all of this stuff coming together. It is now going to be on you guys' call anytime. I will say once per round per person. Anytime you want to use the blood magic to do almost whatever you want, ask for it. And I mean, I don't mean just like I want an extra attack on my round. I'm talking about I'm out of spell slots and I need a spell slot. Can I use the corrupted blood to get that? The answer is um, yes, as long as you're not like. I want to heal to full or like what like there's going to be some limits on how much power it can grant. Um but yeah, we like once per turn for each of you if there's something you want to do again, you know that we're keeping track of how much you're using this and you don't know what the consequences of that are, so that's the balancing act here, but if you if you need something and you don't have the resources for it or if you want to do some extra or whatever, just say so and we'll look at it. 
all right? That'll be the uh, that'll be the new fun thing here. On his fun. turn, yeah, that's what I said. Fun. On his turn. Oh, this is actually great. Um, our, okay, so combat is beginning, but what I will do before his turn is, as you guys approach this area, how are you arranged? Like physically, like where each of where are each of you? on your way in. Are we looking at it just like it is on the map? Do you guys want to rearrange or move like the marching order or anything like that before we start? I'm standing in front. Uh, I mean, we could all stand together, but like, I'm not standing back. Um, I am a, a, you know, a big figure that should cause anxiety. If you see me rolling up to you. Um, And that's what I intend to look like. I feel like I would be behind Butch, so I'm happy with my position. Um, looking at the image here, so obviously this is a ziggurat. There's not much for cover. However, at the very top there, there's like these little L walls. Are these actual little raised walls? Good question. Okay, thank you for bringing that up because I completely forgot to describe the battlefield here. Obviously, we're looking at a, a picture, uh, but... First of all, for the purposes of the audience, but secondly, so you guys have the tactical understanding of what you're doing here. Butch and Jindo uh, are currently on equal footing as far as elevation. You're on the same level of this platform. Ari and Falcus are just behind Butch on the stairs as they go down. The area on the very topmost platform is 35 foot square. And in the very center area, uh, in a 20 by 20 square, there are some slightly raised protrusions where it looked like maybe a building had used to be or something like that, or like the surroundings of like an altar or a shrine or something. Those are actually pretty short. I would say that they're short enough that um, they're not going to block line of sight and they're not going to provide cover. They're really more... um, say the, the, the ruins of a, of, of a structure that had once been built there. So they're tactically irrelevant. In the very, very center, there is a raised altar where the scent, like the, the, the focus of um, all of the magic is sort of being poured to. Uh, but there isn't anything actually on the altar. It's just empty. Around it is a circle uh, that appears to be made of blood, but like you watched him summon it in real time like he hit the bottom of his staff on the on the stone ground and it like swirled out from there to mark this space um the next level down is like a walkway around the 35 foot square upper platform area it's about 10 feet wide and it's about i would say five No, if it's going to be 10 feet across and the stairs go down this way, it's probably 10 feet lower on this level than it is on this level. Does that that make sense to you guys? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm trying to picture it in my head. It's probably probably like 10 feet. So if you fall down there, you're going to have to run back to the... Uh, stairs at the front and, and crawl up on the stairs and come back. Uh, well, I would say that it's it's a it's a worked stone uh, wall and 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 platform, uh, but it's old and it's uh, partially ruined. 
and there are craggy bits like in the yeah. upper right hand corner there that's uh, somebody just pinged uh, there's some craggy bits that would be easy to climb up I would say oh, yeah. uh, no skill check to climb up that you guys can see it at this distance that it's like sloped and you could just like run up it any other place on this you could also climb up but it would be I would say that it would cost you if it's 10 feet climbing it would cost you 20 feet of movement uh, to do it or you could do it in 10 feet of movement if you roll a successful athletics check because you're uh, like grabbing between the like where the mortar had like sh- like rotted out of the walls like there's enough places in there where you could grab a handhold and climb up if you take it slow you can do it and if you try to hurry we'll roll for it and see where we get does that but work we can or you could just run around to the steps and walk up I'm thinking the other way around, though. If we were going to take any damage, I probably wouldn't. But if, if we, that it could be tactically used to drop line of sight if you just uh, yes. jumped off. Mm-hmm, certainly. With with that being said, where is the tactical advantage for me to have three three quarters cover and Jindo to have three quarters cover? And what I mean is, if like let's say. I'm standing out here on the lower, the next Ooh. tier down, because I have, bit. because I have sharpshooter, which means my weapon attacks and co- ignore half cover and three quarters cover. So if I can give myself three quarters cover, and obviously Jindo's going to have three quarters cover as well because of the angle and the line of sight. Yeah, it's my would, advantage. You would benefit from that, and he wouldn't, right? Um, I would say if you're all the way out on the edge, you would be able to see within. You would be able to see and fire accurately at anything in the first 15 feet of the the platform. So, like, where he's standing now, yeah. So, and by 15, yeah, like the three squares. So, this square, this square, and this square are 15 feet. So, okay. any, like anything in the first three squares so, on, that, on any given side. As long as I'm on the outer edge, I can see three three squares in. Yeah. Perfect, and that actually that makes that makes sense for like so where he's at right now is three quarters cover, half cover, uh, no cover. Actually, I hadn't thought of it that way, but that is a really good way to see it. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously, if he moves one more in, he's four in. He's at full cover. Yeah, I love it. Perfect. Thank you for that, because uh, that's going to determine my my next moves. Okay, perfect. So, in answer to my original question, is this where you guys are standing when the combat starts? Yes. Also, I mean, as as far as the line of sight goes, like we we gotta use P- Pythagoras' theorem here and understand how tall Jindo is, <laughs> and <laughs> um, uh, a squared plus b squared equals c squared. Nerd. You're the one who dropped Pythagorean theorem <laughs> right off the top here, so you're one to talk. <laughs> Actually, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, in this universe, uh, triangles no haven't even triangles. been invented. So <laughs> Pythagoras had a whole different. Pythagoras was a baker in this universe. It, he didn't study. Oh, tri- wow. He didn't invent triangles, and he didn't study them. He just he just uh, made muffins. They don't have triangles in this in this universe. I would I would eat Pythagoras muffins. Yeah, well, it'll have to be a bakery in Stormwind when we get there. Uh, everybody, roll me a Constitution saving throw, please. Uh-oh. Because he is going to do the thing that happens on the ziggurat in Zulgarub. He is going to spray everybody with the corrupted blood. Ari got a natural one. 
All right. Falcus rolled a 17. Okay. Butch got a 25. Okay. We got to alter those rolls slightly. Falcus and Ari. Like I said, your heart's hurt. Like, it's being this close to this guy, it's, like, not easy. Um, your proximity to him gives you a minus one on those rolls. So Ari's natural one, we're still natural one. Like It really doesn't Zero. get worse than that. Uh, Falk has put you at a 16. Butch, you're under the same effect. Minus one, okay? And also minus an additional three. Because if you think back to all the games that we played, and all the times that you decided hitting somebody with an axe was an important thing to do in this moment. To all the monsters used, I've killed before. You have used the uh, blood haze effect in Zulgarub so far a total of three times. So, actually you used it four times, but you got one back when you destroyed the thing door. you do. So, yours is currently at a negative four. When I destroyed the what? When you guys were under the temple and destroyed the thing you do... Butch was at four uses. Ari and Falkus were each at one, but destroying yeah, that thing times. wiped one use from you. So now Butch is at three, and Ari and Falkus are at zero uses. As far thing as thing you do is, is is super specific language, isn't it? The circle that the vampire was protecting that when vampire. you destroyed it, the bloom happened, and the all other the... blood ritual. Gotcha. You disrupted the other blood ritual. Thank right. you. When now that I happened, understand. yeah. When that happened, I told you guys, okay, you regain a certain amount of hit points, and also uh, you lose whatever the consequences are of one of the uses of having done the blood magic. So Butch is at three, Ari and Falcus are both at zero. Jindo, actually, I'll just I'll just link it. Jindo has an effect called Varicose Aura. All living creatures within 30 feet of the cleric suffer a negative one penalty to saving throws. The penalty increases by one for each time a creature took advantage of the corrupting blood power of the Zulgaru blood haze. All right. So all in all, in total, natural one is standing. Constitution saved from Falcus is now a 16 and Butch's is now a 21. Ari, you're the only one that failed. You are. What's the right token for this? I'm going to say poison mushroom. You are <laughs> subject to corrupted blood. We'll talk about that later when it's your turn. That will be his action. As a bonus action, he is going to use an ability of his um, that I have called the Bond of Unlife. And seeing that Butch is the first one in line, mm -hmm. uh, you're the closest. And the, the scariest. Closest. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit you. And the scariest. Let's call it that. I'm gonna hit you with bond of unlife. I need an additional. I need one more Constitution saving throw, please. Minus four to whatever you roll. I can roll these all day. Roll them, them all cut. day long. Se seventeen is thir thir thirteen. All right. A seventeen would have succeeded. A thirteen, unfortunately, does fail. You can you, give me the magic mushroom. You nope. You get a different effect. You are bonded to Jindo. Alrighty. He Which will is, explain when I will turn. explain that in just okay. a moment. He is going to take just a couple steps to one side. Let's call it over to 
here. Just, and he's like, he's not running. He's not like sneaking around. He's just sort of like walks slowly to one side just to get a better look at you guys. As his turn comes to an end, uh, Butch, you suffer five uh, necrotic damage as a result of the Bond of Unlife. Um, there is an additional effect to that, but at this time, it doesn't actually like nothing actually happens. It's just it's just the damage. Uh, Butch, it is the start of your turn. It has been too long since the last combat for you to have maintained your rage. That's right. So uh, you are not currently raging. However, you are really in what I would say is one of your favorite places to be, which is. You've got one target to attack, and you've got a weapon in your hand. What would you like to do today? Well, if I'm bonded to him, you might as well tie our hands together, because I ain't getting away from this Jindo until he's till one of us is dead. I'm gonna growl at him, especially when he said the pittance of blood that he got from Booty Bay. That really ticked me off. I'm going to growl at him like the beast that I am. And just huff and puff. And rawr, pop and rage. Running running up to Jindo. And say, saying, you're not so scary without your friends. And I am going to um, use the... I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to use my Radiant Maul for bludgeoning damage. Let's see. Let me roll this. 24. Uh, 24 will hit. You find that the Varicose Aura not affecting your ability to hit things. Well, I rolled a 9 for... Uh, well, that's, that's low on 2d6 plus 6, but that's fine. You roll a 9. For damage. Okay. Have I done damage? <laughs> Nine yeah. damage. Okay. I shall do it again. I'm sorry. I clicked a oh. button and all my screens went away. <laughs> just okay. To, uh, okay. So uh, so really quickly, I just want to confirm. Um, do, I'm looking at the math on the attack roll or on the damage roll. Rather, it's reading as 2d6 plus six. I do know that mall damage is 2d6. Um are, is the plus six coming from your strength bonus plus your rage bonus? Like, are you? Was the rage bonus baked into that? The rage bonus. Actually, it must be because it's a plus two. It's a plus one weapon. You have a plus three to strength. No, you have a. What's your strength mod? Three. Yeah. Okay. Plus one weapon. Plus three to strength. Plus two from rage. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes, yeah, so you're doing appropriate damage. That's fine. Yeah. As soon as you get your windows up, go ahead and roll your second attack. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just looking out for sneaky sneaky stuff. Also, question, I've never used it before. I'm sorry. Uh the flame bloom oil, would that require an action? I think that it does. You yes. Can, yeah. Dang I'm, it. I'm pretty sure that it does. That's the thing I should have done in the two minute time that you said that you got a whole party worth stuff. of people behind you. You're fine. Okay. I'm going to um cackle at him a little bit and raise the radiant maul up and uh, thwack him again. Does a 14 hit? It doesn't. Do you want to use the blood magic to make that hit? Hey, 
Hell no. Okay. Um, I'm going to... I am going to use a bonus action for Quaking Palm. You raged as a bonus action. That's right. I'm not going to do that. Do you want to use the blood magic to Quaking Palm? Hell no. Okay. You're you're in this nexus of the most powerful blood summoning that's happened in years. So your options are on the table for you. Just to let you know. Not trying to to turn all your saving throws to a minus 100 over here. It's a 3v1. I got to take all my chances. Do you do anything else on your turn? Many people have died because I have taken the blood magic. I think. My turn is over. Okay, cool. At the end of your turn, Jindo is going to do some stuff. Um, He probably doesn't love that you're standing right next to him like this. He is going to... Um, he's going to smile at you and he's going to say, what do you think of this technique that I learned from a close friend? And he is going to grab all the blood in your body, lift you three feet off the ground and throw you toward your friends again. And as you go flying, you feel the blood in your arm for like, you know how when you move your arm, it's because your muscles contract and that bends the tendons and you do stuff on purpose. None of that's happening. You're a puppet right now. He grabs you by the liquid blood in your body. Your hand, your hand with its weapon in it reaches back as if to swing. You go flying toward, I'm going to say Ari. And I need you to roll me a strength saving throw, please, Butch. Against against Ari? No, Uh, you're rolling a strength save because you feel your own arm moving without your volition and trying to do an attack. And you are trying to resist him forcing you to do that. I rolled a 23. Uh, 23 minus 4. 19. Perfect. That succeeds. Your weapon comes swinging toward Ari and you're like, nope! And you just like your muscles are more powerful than this this sorcery and you pull back the weapon hard enough that you force a miss but he was just trying to get you to pummel your friend with a large hammer he's playing panda bowl yeah we're just doing a little bit of panda bowl uh so now that is your positioning i moved you back over to where you started ari you're up at the beginning of your turn let me reread corrupted blood uh ba 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 Infected with the disease. An infected creature with corrupted blood suffers 1d6 necrotic damage at the beginning of its turn. So, you suffer a damage. Two damage. Two necrotic damage. No big deal. I still had temporary hit points, so. Even better. (laughs) So now you're at top. Yeah, okay. Oh, I just noticed that you have updated roll 20 to include uh, uh, customized tokens and most of them are Nintendo flavored. Why wouldn't I do this? Of as soon as I figured this. out that it could be done I made sure that it happened. Um, and actually most of them are not Nintendo flavored. Most of them I stole uh, uh, shamelessly from the internet. Um, I mean, did a mild amount of photoshopping mushroom. to them. The poison mushroom and the heart. I have a little heart. The little Zelda here. heart. little Zelda well, the- heart. The little bomb kind of red thing for rage. Uh, yeah, he's like an angry. Um, that's really not a Nintendo. I found that online somewhere. He's got a, he's got a face like Nintendo. 
He's got he's a little, like, like maybe an anime kind of thing. Look at that little shield down. Okay, okay. so it's a little, little bit, a little bit of a uh, Casey, Casey yeah. blood. Yeah, I'll our, sprinkle uh, it in once in a while. Sprinkle it in. It's a, it's a blood arc. Why wouldn't I do blood stuff? Hmm. Um, after suffering damage from the infection, corrupted blood attempts to leap to nearby characters that are not infected. Yes, uh, I need. Falcus and Butch to both roll constitution saving throws, please. Um, Falcus, you're still technically close enough that you're suffering that minus one. Eleven. Awesome. And mine is a six. After the math. Ari, you feel the disease do the damage to you, and then it jumps out and hits both Butch and Falcus. Butch and Falcus, you guys are both corrupted blood. Uh, you are infected with corrupted blood, excuse me. It's Zulgarub. Alright, Ari, it is your turn. You can take actions as you please. Okay. So we saw him put this lovely little thing on the ground. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to try something to like maybe see if we can get rid of it. I'm going to cast Tidal Wave. And I want the wave to be 10 feet, 5 feet on either side of him. So it's going to be like this for how wide it is. And it's going to go all the way, the duration out of the little pentagram we have going on. Sure. Just to see if I can disrupt anything or maybe that pentagram's important. So I need him to make a constant or a deck, sorry, deck saving throw 17 or greater. All right. Let's start there. Uh, the deck save on Jindo is going to be a 14. So okay. no, no dice on that. So a couple of things are going to happen. He is now prone. And okay. he is going to take 19 bludgeoning damage. And I don't know, like, the water can extinguish fires. Like, it does the wave and then it kind of whooshes out. So I don't know if this, like, red mist is something of which can be, like, manipulated or, like, if it is made of blood, it can be, like, smudged or something to maybe... I feel like this is something, so I'm just trying to disrupt what it is. Okay. Tidal wave comes crashing through the water, summons itself out of who knows where... Blam! It hits him. He just gets knocked on his butt. The water rushes across the symbol on the ground. It, You can see the water is moving. It's so powerful. Water, nobody messes with water. Like, water wins the fight all the time. Um, I don't care how big a mountain you are. The stones themselves, uh, as the waves rush through them, disturb, like, because it's already a ruined... Uh, it's already a ruined surface. Like there's cracks in the ground. The 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 masonry is uh, rotted out. The stones are stacked the way they're stacked because it's they, they just don't move after they're put where they're put. So they all get like disturbed a little bit. They get crunched. They get moved. As they get moved, it's not like the whole surface changes and it's not rough terrain or anything like that. But there's a distinct difference, like upset sidewalk sort of a difference here between the cracks of the stones. The image of the circle doesn't move at all. Okay. Despite the fact that what they are, what it's painted on, does move. So, like, the canvas moves, the image stays still. Does that make sense? Yep, nope. It was worth a shot just to see what would happen. Absolutely. Killer killer action. Um, ton of damage, too. Bonus actions. Anything I got? Um, no, I'm going to hold tight. I'm going to hold tight. Awesome. At the end of Ari's turn, Jindo's going to do another legendary action. Um, he is going to throw just a real quick, uh, just an easy peasy cantrip at 
I'm going to say... I'm going to say Falkus. Falkus, as all this is happening between... Huh. If he's prone... When you're prone, are your attacks at disadvantage? Yes. I think they are, right? Yep. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, Falkus, dodge this. Chill touch. Coming in hot. Um, just a 10. You see, uh, he as he falls prone, he reaches out with one hand, and you see his whole troll hand, like... Imagine you're looking at the front of someone's hand with the fingers spread and you see out from the skin comes the skeletal uh, bony hand of that hand just comes like he shot his own ghost of his own hand out of his hand of just the bones and it flies at you like it's going to try to do a thing at you. But you just dodge out of the way. What would you like to do on your turn now? All right. While this has been going on, um, Falkus has been doing some beautiful mind math and figuring <laughs> out where he's going to go. Um, I am going to use my action for movement. And I'm, I'm sorry, triangles go. haven't been invented yet. <laughs> Five, oh, I'm ten. I'm so sorry. I keep forgetting about things. I need you to just stand still for one second while Ari rolls a constitution saving throw because she's standing next to somebody with corrupted blood. Oh, come at the start of your turn, if you have corrupted blood at the start of your turn, you have a chance to spread corrupted blood at people. Ari, what was your con? 19. Okay, perfect. You are um, too healthy for this. Falcus is sneezing at you. You dodge out of the way of the sneeze. You're fine. Falcus, you can go ahead and move. I apologize for interrupting. All right. Uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. 30. So what I've done is I took the root of the lower tier of the ziggurat, the, the second one down from the very top, um, and moved my way around the bottom so that I am on the outer edge of the second tier down, but within 15, uh, Jindo's within 15 feet of that edge. So based on our previous discussion, Falkus currently has three quarters cover, and Jindo, well, actually as of right now, he's prone, so he's at 100% cover. I knowing, think so, yes. But knowing he's going to be probably standing up here in a moment, the idea is I've got three quarters and he's going to be at three quarters, but I get to ignore his three quarters. It's my hands okay. rubbing together. <laughs> All right, that is my turn. All right, great. Let's see. He can't see you anymore, but he is going to still try to do some stuff at the end of, at the end of your turn. Let's see. He's going to do... He's going to do a, a I, I, I called it the bond of unlife earlier. That's not the bond we're doing this time. This time we're doing the bond of mutual suffering. He is going to do that on, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Butch. Roll me a constitution saving throw, please, Butch. I'm more of a Sean Connery bond um, fan. Um, if, if that's minus four, it's uh, 21. 21 is fine. You feel his magic reach out to you and you're like I'm done with all this blood stuff and just blah, with your with your powerful health and big heart uh, your enlarged heart you're fine uh, on that effect that effect does not take hold oh but I'm still bonded your bond you have the bond of unlife which is a different effect from the bond of mutual suffering the bond of mutual suffering he just tried to put on you and you shook it off so you're okay. fine on that Top of the round. 
First thing that happens, he gets all of his legendary actions back. Next thing that happens is he is going to stand up. It's going to take half his movement to do so. Also, he is going to do a little bit of regenerating. He gains a little bit of his hit points back. And Falkus would probably not be in a range to notice based on his positioning on the ziggurat. But I think Butch and Ari would be able to see a little bit to the north where uh, the Zeppelin was and where the mage had flown up and he was like having a spell battle with Omi. Butch and Ari to the north, you can see that same mage falling and crashing into the rocks in the uh, in the river that surrounds the ziggurat. You see that uh, that fight is over. And yes! the mage lost, and he is splattered on the ground. Uh, the zeppelin slowly starts to turn uh, as if it's going to head like over you guys and toward the entrance, almost. I'm going to roll to see if Corrupted Blood comes back. Let's see if I have that ability. I have three debuffs on. No, you don't. You have uh, two debuffs, and you're raging. Oh. All right. And, okay, uh, I'm going to do, you know what? I'm going to stand right where I am. I'm going to throw a guiding bolt. I'm going to throw it at Ari. Ari, I need you to, uh, oh, natural 20. Okay, cool. Ari, you're going to go ahead and suffer. Um, that was a first level spell. Ooh, 39 radiant damage. I didn't expect that to hit for a natural... Is it supposed to be 4d6 radiant damage? Yeah. I rolled I rolled hot. I rolled for 4d6 radiant damage, uh, and then a crit, so you roll it twice. 4, 5, 4, 6, 6, 2, 6, and 6. I apologize for that. That is not how strong that was supposed to be. But that's the game. Um, that's going to be the end of his turn. Um, as part of his bond of unlife, he is going to deal five hit points to Butch and restore to himself five hit points. It's going to take five hit points away from me? Yeah, because of the bond of unlife, he siphons five hit points off of you. Butch, it is your turn. Uh, the first thing that happens, because you are so close to Ari, you're going to try to sneeze the... You're going to try to sneeze the corrupted blood onto her. I need Ari to roll a con save. Natural 20. Natural 20. Nice. You sneeze off the corrupted blood. You are you don't have it anymore. And you... So far, everyone in this party has had corrupted blood on them. But I think the only one who actually took damage from it was Ari. At the start of your turn, it's supposed to be 1d6 damage. So I apologize for that. I don't think I did it for, for Falkus. So Falkus, it's 5. And then for Butch, it's 4. Okay, so Falkus, you're going to take 5 damage from the beginning of your previous turn when you had corrupted blood and it fell off you still take damage at the start of your turn if you're infected with Corrupted Blood. Butch, same deal. You're going to take four damage. And now it is your turn. You're good to go. What would you like to do? I'm good to go. I'm taking damage without doing anything. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Question. With this double action thing, can I do action movement action? So, double action thing. You mean like, you? so on your action, you get two attacks? So you can attack, move, and attack. If you want to take extra actions, you can do that if you want. 
there's a cost to that. But you could like put flame blue bloom boy blood boy blood. You could flame bloom move and then attack, and that no. would be action move action, right? I get two attacks, not two actions. Oh, not two correct. Actions. Okay, never mind. So I could put flame bloom oil on my thing and not attack. Mm-hmm. Or I could ask about using the blood magic. Put flame bloom oil on my axe, run up and attack twice. Yep, you can do that. That'll kick you up to minus five, though. Mm-hmm. That would what? What, Erica? Huh? That's gonna kick you up to minus five on your any any of your saving throws because it's minus one plus the number of corrective <gasps> blood that's, that's charges right. that you've used. So if you're prepared to take a minus five on saving throws, it's up to you. I can't believe I didn't put fire on this axe. That was so dumb. I've got four vials of this stuff. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna do it. Because uh, I don't want him to keep uh, sucking life out of me and uh, and healing himself. I'm hoping that fire damage will keep him from healing himself regenerating like it does other trolls you watched the healing happen at the start of his turn in the exact same way that you had seen it happen in on, on other trolls you are making a really educated guess that that is exactly how it works so you know how that um, I believe it's Arcot uh, he had uh, the, the bow that he won fair and square from the uh, f- from the uh, arena match. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying that looking at Erica mm-hmm. going, you know, she's that this whole thing has been about this bow, about getting focused, this bow. Okay. Um, and you know how he like brought his finger down it, to, to cut his finger and it, it like the blood was dripping and it looked really cool. Okay. I, I'm trying to go for that effect, um, you know. But as a clumsy, not so clumsy, but as a bear, um, you and pull I look, it off, and it looks awesome. But I'm not having a bow, so I, <laughs> I, I, I take a, a vial. I look Jindo right in the eye. I, I take a vial of this stuff and smash it with my whole palm right onto this uh, giant hammer that I've got right. You're gonna take one nah. d six fire damage. No, nah. If you're if you're if you're powering through this with the power of blood, that's that's sufficient punishment for this. You have a hammer that is coated in a gloopy. You can feel the heat on your on your paw. It's uncomfortable, but that's why you got them big thick pads on there, man. You're that's fine. Right. Go for it. Then I run up on Jindo. Take two fingers and <laughs> try to poke him right in the eye for yeah. clicking palm. Yeah, do it, man. Let's go. Uh, we got to get a con save for him. That's so clicking palm is a bonus action. Yep. Can get I cutting words that? Yes. I'm going to cutting words that. Uh, it's a so eight, right? I think so. Butch, what's your DC for this? 14. Okay, yeah. yeah so was, just yeah. roll roll a two. That's all. Fuck. You want to, you want to goose that a little? 
No, I'm not going to blood magic yet. I got All something right. else in mind. All right, so no problem. The quaking palm does not work. Quaking palm does not work. And that's all I can do. Okay. But I've got a flaming, I have a flaming giant maul in my paws. Well, all right, so hang on. That was an action to do the flaming giant maul. It was a bonus action to do the quaking palm. If I you have used... an attack. Exactly. Wait a minute. No, we just said, we just said it's an action. I, I don't have double action. I have to double attack. Right, but you use the blood. Are you using the blood magic to no. give yourself the power? Okay. No problem. Then is Butch taking oh. the fire damage? When I said I'm going to do it, what I meant was I'm going to not um, attack. That's okay. what I meant by not doing it. Yeah, that's that's no sweat. Uh, you are... What's the what's the flame bloom? It's a D6. Maybe one D6. Oh, you really gonna make me take flame bloom? Well, I mean, if you were using if you were using the blood, I was gonna give it. No, you know what? What I said is fine. What I said is fine. At the end of your turn, he uh, sees you running in like this. He really doesn't love that you keep uh, running in like this. He is going to. Um, let's see. You know what? I think he's still gonna. I think he's still gonna do bending blood on you. I think he, he, he's going to try to bend some blood. On his legendary action, he's going to sling you away again. You are... I think he saw that you're very strong, and I think that he doesn't think that you would be... He would be able to make you hit somebody with a weapon. So instead, I think he just wants to inconvenience you so much. So it's going to be 30 feet, and he's just going to sling you off the wall. Come on! Like, that way. He just, like, picks you up by the by all your blood and hucks you. You land over there. That's his legendary action. Ari, it is your turn. Okay. Are they going to make a saving throw? Oh, I'm so sorry. There was a saving throw involved here. Uh, so, Butch, at the end of your turn, you get to try to save against Bond of Unlife. To, to but I shake don't get off. to save the throw. The, the... the bending blood says there's a saving throw. Right, so I'll, I'll read I'll read Bending Blood. Jindo controls the blood within a target to move them up to 30 feet in any direction. The target must then succeed on a DC 16 strength saving throw. If they do not, Jindo can force the target to make one weapon attack against the target of his choice. Okay. So I think that because your giant muscles already overpowered this technique once, I think that he would put it in his mind that, well, if I try that again, he's just going to overpower me again. So instead, I'm just going to fling him away so that he is like, it's going to take him a lot of effort to get back up here and bother me again. Like, I think he he would make he, the math in his head works in, more in favor to just get you like you're in a position now where you're either going to need to climb the wall to get back up or run around the side and climb the stairs to get back up. And that's going to take a lot of your movement. And he's happy with that. Um, if he had just put you next to Ari and then failed to make you hit somebody with a weapon, he hasn't actually done anything productive. That's that's the math in his head. Although, okay. the bond of unlife that he was siphoning your health off of you uh, on his turn, you do get to try to save from that at the end of your turn. So why don't you go ahead and roll me one more con save. You are, he threw you 30 feet. You were five feet away from him because that's how far combat is. So you are just outside the range of his varicose aura. So you're going to roll a constitution saving throw with no penalties to it. 20. All right, 20. You shake off the bond of unlife and you 
feel as if you feel as if it can't affect you anymore. Not that it doesn't affect you anymore, but that it can't affect you anymore. Ari, beginning of your turn, you don't have any debuffs. Uh, you sneezed off the corrupted blood. You are 30 feet away from Jindo. You're just inside the range of his aura, although it's not really affecting you very much because you don't have to make a save for anything right now. So you're just free to act. What would you like to do? Could I call on the blood magic twice in a turn? No, um, once per turn per player. Okay, once per turn. Okay. I need to heal. So unfortunately, I am going to do a cure wounds at level four on myself. Okay. And I'm going to get back 31 healing. Perfect. And I am going to call on the blood magic. What level of spell slot could I get back? Hmm. Um, let's say roll a, um, your highest level spell is a D4, right? Or yep. excuse me, your highest level spell is a four. Roll, this is going to sound super weird, but I love it. Roll a D4 with disadvantage. One. Oh, that hurts. Uh, you would, you would get a one back. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to use my bonus action to bardic inspiration on Butch and say there's no need to get sentimental, but I feel this boost will be instrumental. And he has nice. bardic inspiration. Perfect. And your bardic is a, is a D8 right now, right? D8. Yep. All right. Perfect. And I'm going to use movement to just back down the stairs a little bit because I feel like I'm just barely in his viscous range. So I just want to back up five feet. Okay. That's no problem at all. Um, you back up just a little bit. As you start to back up, you see that he launches another skeletal hand toward you to try to hit you with a chill touch. Uh, let's see if we can do that. Um, yeah, so a 20 would hit for sure. Uh, wow. All right. I am really, 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 really happy for all of our sakes that this turn happened in the order that it happened. Because the first thing you did was healed. Then at the end of your turn, you got hit with an ability that stops you from maybe being able to take healing. So you suffer eight necrotic damage. Um, and on a hit, the target takes necrotic damage and cannot regain hit points until the start of Jindo's next turn. So basically, for the duration of Falkus's turn, <laughs> for the duration of oh. Falkus's turn, you can't heal yourself. This is great. Oh boy. Okay. Damage happens. Everybody's happy. Falcus. Unless, Ari, do you have anything else? Nope, that's it. Perfect. Falcus, top of your turn. Jindo is standing. He has three quarters cover from you at this time, which does not matter at all. Fight. Um, at the beginning or prior to this, uh, uh, last Jindo's last turn, he doesn't know that I'm over here, does he? Do I get advantage on my first roll? Let's say yes. Perfect. All right. And roll. don't forget to roll Elven Accuracy on that. I was thinking that, too. So, you know, you, you'd think I would have my plan by now, but, of course, it's so many options here. Um, but which, out of the way, I'm going to line up a Cataclysm Arrow. I am going to shoot my longbow with the Sharpshooter minus five. So here's the first roll. 
That is a 20. Here is another roll. That's a 12. And I get to re-roll one of those, right? Because I have advantage. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so here's another one, just in case. I did do better. I got a 23. So on the advantage roll, is a, does a 23 hit? You said you were doing the minus five as well, right? Oh, yes. So that is ugh, uh, 18. Yes, an 18 will hit. All right, so let's let's square this away first. Let's start with the normal damage. Is 11 piercing damage, two sneak attack, another 10 for sharpshooter. Let's uh, resolve the cataclysm arrow, but I'm also going to add an arcane shot on top of that as well. We're going to lay into him everything I got since I missed my first turn because I used it for movement. All right, so cataclysm arrow... Let's just throw that up there. Um, I gotta roll a d6. Slash roll 1d6. It is a 6. Oh my god. We got the 6. Alright, so on a 6, the Cataclysm Arrow shatters to unleash a burst of shrapnel. I have to make 6 additional ranged attacks against the target. If each has a plus 7 attack bonus. And deals 1d6 piercing damage on a hit for each of those. So when it says this, it's just a d20 plus 7, right? Yes, d20 plus 7. Okay. So how do we want to... All right, so slash roll. Yeah, slash roll 1d20 plus 7, and then just copy that and hit paste, 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 paste. Plus 7. Control A, control C. All right, so I got to do it six times. So it's (laughs) 1, 2... Three, four, five, six. All right. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, so the first one was an 11. It's not going to hit, right? No, 11 is a miss. Second one is an 11. Not going to hit. A 26. 26 will hit. A 13. No, miss. A 27, a natural 20. Hmm. Is that one going to give me twice? Um... So give me two for that one? Yeah, it says, okay, it has to. It says make six additional ranged attacks against the target. If, it, if you're rolling an attack and you get a natural 20, then yeah, that natural 20 rules are going to count for that. Absolutely. All right, so that gives me, because the last roll was a nine, so that gives me three D6 damage. So slash roll three D6. Ugh, uh, that's 10. Okay. And then we are going to add on there an arcane shot. And it's going to be a grasping arrow. Remember, a grasping arrow does... Oops. Uh, that'll work. Uh, wait, is that doing... That is the 2d6, so it does 7 poison damage. Okay. The character's speed is reduced by 10 feet, and it takes 2d6 slashing damage the first time on each turn, not each of its turn, each turn, that it moves one foot or more without teleporting. So... Shove. If you can shove, shove. He'll take damage. Or anything to displace him, he'll take damage. Um, and that would be my turn. Oh, I get a second attack. <laughs> That's your first attack. Uh, that was my first attack. Uh, all right. I just want to point out two things really quickly. First of all, I made this character from scratch. Uh, and a lot of the time, undead characters have immunity to poison. And because I'm not a good DM, I neglected to put that on his character sheet. Uh-huh. And I'm going to own that mistake. He takes the seven poison damage. Step one. Step two. That was 40 damage in an attack. I just wanted to point that out. I counted Woo-hoo! it. Just pointing it out. Woo-hoo! Do your thing. Thank you. 
Um, okay. Um, I think by this point is this next attack is not going to be with advantage, right? Because he knows I'm, he would know I'm here by now. That's correct. Okay. Do I still want to take the minus five? Um, I'll cataclysm arrow it up again for sure. Cause I have to kind of declare that now. All right. I'll take the risk. Uh, I'm going to take the minus five again on this. Let's hope it hits. It's a fifteen. Does a fifteen hit? Just barely. <gasps> okay, uh, we're talking seven piercing damage, plus ten for the sharpshooter. And I did use another cataclysm arrow. I'm going to save my other arcane shot though. Um, but the cataclysm arrow, we got a slash roll one d six. Is a six again? <laughs> Holy crap. All right. What? I got a six again. All right. Falkus is a hunter from the era in World of Warcraft where there was a macro that you would put on your scroll wheel where it was like some kind of crazy rapid fire machine gun macro. Tommy taught me all about it. He Back in like, I don't remember if it was Cataclysm or... or, or Wrath of Lich King or when it was, but you literally would roll the scroll wheel and your hunter would just go like a Tommy gun. It was bananas. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, I think I still have it on my save bar. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so out of those six, there was a 10, so that's a no. There was a 15, so that one does hit. A 12 is a no, 11 is a no, a 13 is a no, but a 23 is a yes. Right, so it's an so, additional 2d6 damage. Let's roll 2d6. Ugh, five. But still, it's fun. Something. All right. Um, that will be Falkus's turn. Okay. He turns and looks in your direction. Uh, given this angle, we have a little bit of cover. He is going to absolutely do... Nope, uh, I'm playing chess in my mind. I'm thinking that uh, I have a whole other idea for Falcus, so there's really not a whole lot of sense in damaging you right now because you're gonna you're gonna have to deal with something entirely el- uh, otherwise on his turn. <clears throat> He's gonna throw a bond of mutual suffering at Ari. Ari, I need for you to roll me a Constitution saving throw, please. It's gonna be a three. All right, um, it's a three. Minus one for the blood magic. Am I still on his aura? No, you're not. So minus one. So still, it fails no matter what. So you're not in his. You're not in his aura. So you don't receive any penalty. Oh, okay. Never mind. So five is still not gonna help me. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I just wanted to make sure that you understood. Um, and I'm not showing you guys the aura, but since I've talked about it enough, I will actually make it visible to you guys. That's the size of it. It's thirty feet. So. Yeah, you are subjected to the effects of the bond of mutual suffering. We will see what happens when that actually occurs. Top of the round, Jindo gets his legendaries back, and he is going to turn toward Falcus, looking toward you, and he is so unhappy with you. For, oh, hang on. I got to do some uh, healing. He does gain health from his what you do. Okay, perfect. Am I forgetting anything else? Okay, no. All right, cool. He is going to do a spell. Uh, he is going to 
turn toward Falcus with like not just the the not just the bad guy red eye glow, but also like blood streaming down from his eyes across his cheeks and force you, Falcus, to make for me, please, a charisma saving throw with a minus one penalty. Ten. Excellent. The narrative required that you fail that anyway. So, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wouldn't have cheated. You are... Nobody can see you. Nobody gets to experience the beautiful thing that I was about to say, except for Jindo. He gets to watch happily as you dissolve into powder, just like Spider-Man at the end of Infinity War. You are banished. Oh, see ya. He snapped me out of existence. Uh, we'll deal with that later. Have fun being banished. He is concentrating on that. Cool. He's not going to move because he knows that moving uh, is going to hurt him because of the vines. Butch, what would you like to do? Well, me and my flaming maul <laughs> are uh, on the downward level, but I have 40 feet of run speed, um, so it takes me 10 feet of that to get up and the 30 feet to get back up right in his grill up in his grill okay so I'm running and I'm gonna take this hammer of fire and I'm going to bounce it off his head alright okay. he's not gonna like that but do it anyway I think it's fun okay okay stop 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 I rolled an 11 we know we need 15 so I need 4 um I have you have a D8 bardic. bardic and you have blood. I do not have blood. I'm not going to use blood. If I roll 1D8, probability is that I won't get... Uh, it's, um, it's a coin flip. It's 50-50. It's 50-50? Mm-hmm. So what do I need? I need four. You need a, oh, a, yeah. It's 50-50. Oh, no, it's not. It's a little bit better than 50-50 because you need a four. So you just don't want to roll a one, two, or three. I'm going to use Bardic Inspiration. One. No, I don't have to put one. Slash roll D8. Three is what I rolled. Yep, so I that missed. brings you up to a 14. Okay. You know there's armor class is 15. Do you no, I don't want to use the blood magic. All right, okay. Just, okay. I forget about game mechanics all the time. I'm like trying to remember. No, 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 no. It's, it, it's, it's just it's the, tem it's the temptation. You know, I it's feel like it would be very temptation. temptationally. I'm going to thwack at him again with a natural 20. All right, do it. Critical Show hit. Show me what you got. So, okay, here's the thing. You're going to roll. You're going to get the advantage damage on the weapon attack, but you're also going to get uh, a, is it, Double check the flame bloom oil. I think it's a flat two damage, two. right? Yep. Let's call it four just because it's fun. Okay. Okay. So I did 20 damage. And four fire damage. And four five, 24 damage. Oh, by the way, uh, when I was doing that critical hit, I did a spin, you know, to like get more G force, I don't know, on my hammer. And um, not tried to knock him out of the way 
but I uh, I hit him for that much damage. Ooh, did it break his concentration? I just barely took it. Yeah, he just barely did yeah. saved it. You mean? No, oh. just barely lost it. Just barely, and I mean, so the DC for concentration check is ten, or half the damage you just took, whichever is greater. Half of 24 is 12. I rolled an 11. Y'all guys, unfair. Unfair! Three so versus one. it broke his concentration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means Falketh backs it back into existence. Oh, great. <laughs> Even better. Okay. So, let's see. I, I gotta use it, right? I mean, I have one more Quaking Palm you also have one left. more hammer strike. Oh, thank you. Wait a minute. Wait, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. No, no, I didn't hit the first The first I one got, missed. I got so yeah. excited about the crit, I forgot about the past. Okay. Uh, let's, let's forget about the past. I'm going to attempt... This time, I'm going to use my the, the, the butt of my hand and try to get up under his uh, chin with his quaking palm to try to stun him. Beat a 14 con uh that one was a 17 17 definitely beats that and that's all the quaking palms i have that's my turn yeah you go up with the palm of your hand and he like parries it with one of his big old tusks in a way that is cool and fun Jindo has proven his ability to dish out some serious damage with that guiding bolt and is making sure to keep the party occupied with the corrupted blood and his healing power. Banishing Falcus could have gotten nasty, but thankfully, Butch was able to disrupt the concentration and keep the elf in the fight. Jindo is damaged, but the fight is far from over. We'll have to wait until next time to find out how it ends when it's time to queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. Please follow us at twitter.com slash heroic DND, where you'll find our players' social media info and a link to our Discord server.